broadcasting from Boss Hog Studios in Hazard County. It's Scott Romine with Guatney Unplugged. Hey, Scott Romine here. Hope your Saturday is going fantastic. We're talking with stuntman Ed Elbitar today. He is on a lot of my favorite movies, but a lot of people know him as the stunt double for Boba Fett, one of my favorite all-time characters. How are you, Ed? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Oh, gosh, yes, absolutely. Where did you grow up at? I grew up in Saudi Arabia. Were, were you pretty active in sports growing up? Yeah, I started as a when I was 13 years old, riding motorcycles, uh, kickboxing, boxing, weightlifting. I was all into it, uh, yeah, from an early age. <laughs> where did the interest in, in stunts come up you know it was an interesting because i did not even know the business exists like i always watched movie uh and i thought like you know it just the actors doing and i liked all the action movies until uh and i you know i was kickboxing and i was fighting uh semi-pro and uh i was about to retire from it and i started doing a personal training as a kickboxer mm-hmm. and i was approached by somebody at the gym who wanted me to train him or have some questions about training and he was pursuing stunts and uh, we were talking and he mentioned that i could be a good stunt double for john claude van damme at the time and i like i said so what do you mean stunt double what is that how does that and he explained it to me that i'm like are you telling me he's not doing his stuff <laughs> and he said said no they have somebody like you come in and, uh, and he actually offered me possible work in a commercial to do repelling from a, a building for him and that's how we got I got introduced it and I stopped pursuing it and uh, about 24 years now for fast forward. What were the movies yeah. and TV shows you grew up loving? Uh, you know, I'm not a big believer or not TV or a, or a movie guy. I barely watch stuff, but I like the action stuff. Like we used, as a kid, we used to watch uh, Knight Riders. Uh, oh, yeah. For example, the, the TV show and uh, that $2 million man, I think, or Aquaman. Yeah. So those TV shows, and I was a huge fan of uh, Clint Eastwood, Eastwood for uh, the you know the, like the uh, movies like the Good and Bad and the Ugly, and then we we you know trans uh, we got we, we got into tra- Terminators and a lot of uh, John Claude Van Damme's movie because because I was in martial art. Uh, so that was those are the kind of movies I was watching. They were showing Knight Rider in Saudi Arabia. Everything. <laughs> we've we've seen everything you had here. We've seen it there. <laughs> it's, it's, Probably no, had but, the A team. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. Mr. T. Oh yeah, love Mr. Mr. T. T. Yeah, yeah. So we love that. How difficult was it to really get into the movie business? Because once you got, I mean, you did a repelling thing or a couple. I mean, how did you make the move to United States movies? Well, that started in the United States. All of it. I never done okay. any. I moved here to. I moved to the. I moved to the state when I was 18 years old. Okay. So I haven't done I any you. movies there. I. Uh, that's when I moved to the state, and I was boxing, and then you know, I got to the point like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I'm not getting paid, <laughs> and I'm getting beat up for no money, and I need to find something that I can. So I got into personal training, and that's how it started. I got you. When yeah. you were starting out, what was the first big movie you were on where you looked around and you said, look, now I've made it. I've really made it in the movies. Uh, the Kingdom with Jamie Foxx. That's uh, a great film. 
What's your What's your memories of working on that film? I remember some really good car crash scenes in that. Movie. I was in that car crash. I wasn't almost in every scene in that movie. I was the main kidnapper. I was the guy who jumped out of the SUV to kidnap uh, Jason Bateman and dragged him into our car. And that's when the before right before the crash. So we the one who was chasing him. And uh, yeah, I've, I've done like I've been almost in every corner in that movie. <laughs> you name it. You it was all covered. Like you can't see him because my face was covered except for the when I played the character as the kidnapper. But everything else was covered. But I was everywhere. Where was that filmed at? Well, it was majority of it was in Arizona. We shot two weeks of it in Dubai. Uh, a yeah. little a little bird told me to ask you about a time that you and some stunt guys all got fired from the Department of Defense. <laughs> oh, my God. So I got to hear uh, this story. Well, I have to do who told you that. <laughs> well, it wasn't Ted Barber. No. I mean, oh, yeah. okay. That's the man. <laughs> yeah, we, we were not built for, I mean, we, we stun gas, we like, we like to goof around. We just, we get bored so quick. Sure. And we like to do stuff. And you give us cage nice cars in an empty towns you can't just tell us just drive it from a to b and just wait there we have to do something mm -hmm. so we just kept sliding those cars around and uh literally the last day before the main event which is uh, it's you know it's, it was just that's what makes it funny the last day after all the training for two weeks uh i discovered me and another friend uh, an area in the back where there's nobody's there and we can just and we went in the morning and we just did a, like a car chase, me and him just sliding the cars. And it was like so much fun. Mm -hmm. So we went back and uh, I was telling Ted, all these guys, like how we found it. And they were like, we gotta, you got to take us there. I'm <laughs> like, no, no, they already yelled at us multiple times not to do this stuff with the cars. So we can't go a group of us. <laughs> and they insist on going and lunchtime comes in and like they, I've become the bad guy now for not taking them. So I said, you know what? Let's go. Screw it. And we go and we... I think it was like five or six of us, and apparently the the main promoter for the for that show was on top of the hill watching, and saw us. And the next thing you know, we got a noise in the radio say, "Stop the cars now and come back, <laughs> stop it now." And we all froze like, "Oh my god!" So we go back, and the guy was like, "You guys not cut off for this," and we like rose and we they're like, "Okay, everybody go home tonight." And that was that. And it sucks for them. It's, it was sucks for them because they trained us for two weeks to do it. And then it's, you know, like the lorry the day before the main event to actually <laughs> we end up leaving. And if you had never yeah. taken them back there, it wouldn't have happened. No, no. That was like, I, I should have insisted and said no, but I got weak <laughs> under pressure. Department of Defense just doesn't have much of a sense of humor, it sounds like. <laughs> no, no, no. They were. That's why, like, they were like too strict, and it's a military thing, and they like. They, there's no playing around, and we just, we just wanted to play. <laughs> and I guess this was years before Tesla and cars were driving themselves. You were actually filming testing them. robotic cars driving alongside you guys, correct? Well, that was actually. Uh, it was a competition from the military to actually for those. Uh, self-driving cars and uh, we were supposed to do traffic for them and the reason we had cage cars and uh, we were inside it is because those cars would get out of control sometimes and they just come and they could crash you and we had a couple of times when we, so our job was to make traffic and be, pay attention and we have a kill switch in the cars 
if it goes way out of control, you can always shut it off. And if it hits you, it hits you, you know what I mean? That's awesome. So that was, that was, they were just testing. It was a competition for those companies. And I think the winner will, uh, supposedly will win a contract with the military to build those self-driving cars. That's pretty so, awesome. So yeah, we tested them before people, people, before anybody heard of drones or self-driving. Like that was like, yeah. I, I'm talking, this is like 14, 15 years ago. Yeah. And it's commonplace now, you know, uh, tes- yeah. Tesla's and super Cruise and the Hummer and all yeah. You know, and now we it's tested those thing. before then. That is so awesome. Yeah. Somebody youngster out there listening wants to get into stunts or movies. What would be your advice to them? Don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> my my best advice: know who you are, know what you can do, and what you can do. This is not a daredevil business. Like I, I one of the biggest things that I turn people down when when people come up to me is like, "Hey, man, I'm crazy. I don't mind jumping building." I'm like, this is exactly what we don't want. It's not a daredevil. It's not about crazy. It's not about just heart. Like, I got the heart just to do stuff, like, and hope for the best. Train, train, train. Know what you're doing. Get into martial arts. Get into gymnastics. Uh, and be very cautious. And no, don't, don't just uh, go for something and hope for the best. Because it takes one mistake and it will end you. Yeah, it's not a joke. That's why the SEALs don't want a guy that thinks he's Rambo. You want yeah. a professional, not a daredevil. It totally you makes want, sense. You, you want to respect it. You want to go and be scared. Like, okay, I need to pay attention as much as they can because I want to go home to my wife tonight. Ian, you got the job on the first Marvel film, the Iron Man movie. How did you land that, and where can you, we find you in the film? Well, I learned that because it was the same coordinators, Keith Willard and uh, Phil Nelson, uh, from the same one from The Kingdom. When I did The Kingdom with them, and I apparently did a, a good job, and they liked me, and they brought me to the... Uh, I did all the three of Iron Man's, by the way. So, But this first one, uh, yeah, they brought me in to do this Iron Man after, right after The Kingdom. And my part was, I had a, actually a little acting part, if you remember the movie In the Cave, uh, I was watching the mountain tours when he comes in, and I was the first guy who get killed by Iron Man when he when he yes. disappeared in the cave. Yes. Yeah. When he yeah, if you if you remember the guy who looked back at the camera and I said it in Arabic, I said I think we, I think we got him or something. I said it in Arabic, and I have a funny story about this because I I was supposed to say lines in Arabic, uh-huh. and uh, one time I looked back at the camera and I said it in English. I said I think we got him, <laughs> and I looked back and jumped. I jumped Favreau, and I was like, uh, that wasn't Arabic. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, sorry. That's Messed great. up that take. Let's do it again. Yeah. So what, and, was, uh, what yeah. was Robert Downey Jr. like? He was great, man. He was actually very great. Uh, I don't remember anything. He was just mellow, quiet. That movie is incredible, though. I mean, it, it's one of the best of the Marvel films. I'd say in the top couple, two or three and you got to do yeah. all of them. Yeah, I did the three of them. The other two, I was just, uh, the third one, I did some just driving stuff in the car. Uh, the second one, I don't even remember. We just, just a bunch of stuff, just, you know, did you, running around. Did just, you meet Mickey Rourke? I don't remember. <laughs> That's it. I don't think so. I don't think so. I was in one of his, any of those scenes that he was in. You know, you have to remember, like, I've, like it's, I've done like more than 250 movies, and I mean, honestly, like I said, I'm not good with names. 
I don't watch TV at all. I don't watch TV. I don't watch any movies. So I don't really, I probably met him, but I wouldn't know. You know, it's kind of like for years I was a cop. And if somebody asked me if I watched the TV show cops, I'd say, no, I've never, why would I watch that? (laughs) You know, exactly. (laughs) You know, I've done it. You know, it's no need to see it. I was there or whatever. So are, are there some stunts that you lean towards or are there any stunts that you shy away from? Like I couldn't imagine doing a high fall off some five story building. I'm out. I mean, no, that's, that's something I train for, so I, I have no problem do, like doing it. Uh, the stuff that I shy from, like it's water safety. I'm a scuba diver, like yes. I've done scuba diving stuff for movies and stuff, but I would never do safety because I'm not qualified to. And I turned down a job before because it wasn't even in a pool and said it should be. And I said, I don't want to be responsible for other people's lives if I'm not 100% positive that I can, I can perform. Right. So, yeah, I, I can be like a little bit uh, sketchy about this. I would be like, no, I wouldn't, especially when it comes to safety and stuff, I would be, I'm not confident enough for it. Well, that's, but uh, my favorite would be always the driving stuff because that's like my top specialty is driving. You know, I put it, a lot of time and effort in, in that. So It's funny you start out on the kickboxing, like what you would think the fighting side of stunts, and you end up loving the car side more than the rest of it. <laughs> Well, that's not it. The, the thing is, when in this business, it's really, I mean, not to be negative about the business, but it's, it's always about the look and the stereotype. So my look was not for the martial art or the, the fight stuff. Uh, my look was more of the gangbanger or the, oh. this or that. Yeah. Was doing, yeah. So I, was, I probably did like three or four fights in my whole career because – they just don't hire me for this. They have special looks. They 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 have like the, the stereotype looks that oh, when it comes to fights, it's gonna be those guys. So, it's good. so that's why I kind of like almost took the whole fighting outside my uh, my career, kinda, because I would I was just not getting calls to do fights. I'll I'll get called for the hard hits, for the driving, for the right. falls, uh, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Focus on what makes money. So yeah, I mean, they hire me for whatever they hire me. I take it. You uh, you work on Fast and Furious. Can can you tell us any memories of Paul Walker? Great guy. Was he really? Absolutely great guy. Humbled, great guy. I actually normally we don't even like when we work we don't really hang out with the actors and stuff. And I actually had a like a great conversation with him one night. If you remember the scene when uh, the bunch of cars explode and. And people were flying around, so I was I was just sitting on the side in the dirt, just waiting for them yeah. to set up the side. He just looked, literally came and sat next to me. And we have a mutual friend, believe it or not, that we actually do, did have a mutual friend that he had used to be his roommate in the past. Really? And uh, yeah, and we just sat and we talked, and the guy was like, as humble as get, super nice guy, very friendly. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, He's a great guy. Was he sure. a good driver himself? I know he was into the car stuff. He was, yes. He was. He was in the cars. He was doing his, you know, I've never seen him driving, I have to say that. But he was in the car stuff. He was into it. And, yeah, I heard good uh, good stuff about him for the, as far as driving. You know, you, you've worked on uh, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, I, I, and the Dark of the Moon. I was very blessed to go to the set with Corey Eubanks on the first Terminator. 
And I got to say, I would think it would be a challenge working for Michael Bay. Did, did it, was that challenging? I mean, he, it looks like a nightmare, really. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just, it just, it just screaming and yelling at people for no reason or for whatever reason. It just brings a lot of tension yeah. and stress. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, every time I worked, I think in three of them or four of them, I can't remember, but I, every time I worked, somebody got hurt or we had a really close, I had a really close call with two friends that they thought actually for a second, because it was a lot of dust and we kind of disappeared, they thought, we are, we got crushed. We like we, people freaked out. I mean, I got up. I didn't even know what happened because I got hit by something. And it was a car that actually in the cable and got really low and hit me. Hit my friend next to me, uh, to Anthony, and uh, the third guy in the side. Anthony took the most of it. He dislocated his shoulders. I got knocked, almost knocked out because I I wasn't sure. And Got, we got up and people ran and they was like freaking out. And I'm like, what happened? And they like, look behind you. And we saw this thing like, holy crap. If we were about five feet behind, we could have got crushed with a full-size car. Mm. And we could have died. We could have probably died. And he comes in as it's nothing. And he's all right, moving on to the next shot. And our coordinators say, nope, we're not going to the next shot. You almost killed these people. We're going to have to shut down. We're shutting down today. I want to know. What happened? Why did this car fall that far to hit these people? Uh, we don't mm. know. But that's how, like every time it was just a close call or somebody get hurt or somebody. It's just because of the tension and the screaming and the rushing. You cannot, especially when we're doing stunts, you, you can't rush people. You can't no. push people. Like you have, you have to make sure everything, double check everything, especially with cables, wires, stuff involved. You have to be very cautious. Kind but of he shocked a stuntman didn't run over and knock the hell out of him after something like that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the guy who's saying it, but you know what? You well, thought about standing, it. Yeah, somebody did. I tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I'm probably going to, I don't care if you get in trouble now, but there was one time he was screaming at everybody in the set for absolutely no reason. Not, not the sun crew, special effect, this, this. He fired the crafty people. Yeah. And we just, we just just fired him for not bringing a, a diet coke for him on time. So he was screaming, and I'm standing there, and he as he's screaming at everybody in his face, he was walking toward me. And in my mind, I'm like, he, he better not yell at me because <laughs> I was just ready. Yeah. I was like ready. I'm like, you know what? Let it be the end. Yeah. Let it be. And he walked up to me, got really close. He looked at me for whatever reason. He just didn't find anything to yell at me for, whereas he turned around and walked away. And I'm like, in my mind, it's like, you know what? Good, because <laughs> I was just not gonna take it. You worked on GI Joe. What'd you do on GI Joe? For some reason, I don't know. I get picked for the weird stuff. <laughs> like we were in, a, I was in the main control room. I think when the, I think they called the snake. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah. He gets in and he beat us up. So we're all there, a bunch of stun guys. He's supposed to come in and take us down. And the director decided to want to wanted to give a dialogue to one of us. And who he picked? Me. Out of everybody who with an accent, second English second language, he picked me and he gave me this long dialogue. And I'm like, seriously now? <laughs> so now I'm memorizing the dialogue and I'm supposed to be ordering the ship to come inside or something like this. And I'm talking in the radio as like, you know, giving orders and stuff. 
So uh, halfway to the day, I'm hearing everybody in the sets like asking, where's Arnold Schwarzenegger? And I'm like, Arnold's here? <laughs> and then the next thing you know, they were mocking me for my, you know, for my sound or my accent. They were saying it sounded like Arnold. So everybody was saying, is Arnold's here? Is Arnold's here? <laughs> and it became the joke. And I'm like, <clears throat> it was funny because I didn't even think about it for a second. But then I, I realized they were mocking me because of my accent. And you work on American Sniper. Did you meet Clint Eastwood? Yes. Oh, tell us about that. He is a quiet, great guy, uh, very humble, uh, very respectful. I actually was at the lunch line. I was waiting for lunch, and I looked back, and he's right behind me. Oh. And I looked at him. I was like, hey. And I said, you go go ahead of me. He's like, no. I said, no, you go ahead of me. And Sir Clint was like, no. He refused to cut in front of me, refused. And he just stayed behind me in the line to pick, to get lunch. I've never seen this from a from any director or actors. They don't even, normally they don't even stand in line with us. He just came in, stand in line behind me, and I didn't even know he was behind me until I looked back and said, oh my God, go man. He's like, nope, you're in line, I'm behind you. I mean, that's dirty Harry. I mean. <laughs> And I'm a huge fan of him. I oh, don't watch yeah. movies and stuff, but I watch all his movies. All right, well, let's talk about one of my favorite things in the world, Star Wars. Do you fully <laughs> understand how huge it is to be Boba Fett? I mean, he's as, almost as iconic as Darth Vader, and then some people would argue more. I, I found that after I started working on it. <laughs> it took me... It took me... It took me about two months to even know what's going on because they kept it under the radar. They gave me a different character name and uh, I didn't know what I'm doing there, but until one of the crew people uh, came up to me and said, like, hey, do you know who you are? Do you know what are you doing? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm confused. It's uh, what, What's going on here? And he told me, you're, you're doubling Boba Fett. I was <laughs> like, who's that? And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, and he's like, you need to go home and watch all the Star Wars movies. So I go home and I tell my wife, well, let's start watch Star Wars stuff because I supposedly this person I'm, I'm doubling, it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's a big so deal. So we watch it. Yeah, and we watch it and there's nothing. And I'm like, what are they talking about? I can't see anything because they only have like a small, small part. Oh, very small so, in Empire. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm st I still don't get it. But then it, it took me a while, and, uh, you know, I've, I, I start understanding, like, okay, wow, this is going to be a big deal. Yeah, very big deal. Would people be amazed how secretive Disney is when you're filming something? Yeah. I mean... Oh, yeah, it, I, wasn't allowed, I wasn't allowed to keep anything with me. I have to shred any size they give to me before I leave. I couldn't talk... I couldn't leave my room without wearing uh, covers to cover my suit or whatever the uh, costume I'm wearing. So it was, I was like almost, yeah, hitting. Where did, was it all filmed in California or where did they film Boba Fett? It's, it's, it's all in California, Manhattan Beach Studios. How uncomfortable is the Boba Fett costume? It's not uncomfortable. It's not. It's actually very comfortable. The only thing is uncomfortable was in this show was the, the prosthetic, what I had to do every day. Me and Tim. Tim, by the way, the actor I doubled, Tamora. Yeah. Amazing guy. One of the most humble, super down-to-earth person. 
So me and him every morning would just sit in those chairs and it's they were timing the makeup people like Lori on timer that they had to finish it within two hour and a half. And they just work. And that, that was a little bit like, and, you know, spraying and uh, all this like spraying. So for two hour and a half, you sit every morning and to take it off, it was about an hour, an hour and a half. And that was painful because it would just burn your skin. I mean, those guys were amazing. The makeup people, I give them the top credit. Those guys were super nice, super patient. They were doing the best they can. They did a great, great job. Uh, 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 Kyle and Carlton and uh, Seppi, they were just awesome, man. And uh, yeah, they took care of me. Like I felt like I'm in a spa day every day. <laughs> That's awesome. Is there going to be more seasons of Boba Fett? Not that I know of. I got kind of a one-shot deal, I guess. Are are typically stunt guys inside Mandalorian and Boba Fett, or are there occasions when the actor actually wears the suit, or do they just do the voiceover later? Uh, for Mandalorian, uh, I don't think that voice is in the suit at all, except for that one time when he revealed himself. I'm, but again, I'm not accurate about this, but as far as I know, Mandalorian's Latif, so they in the suit. They always switch in the suits. They, they uh, switch. Yeah, that that the voice never in the suit except for that time he revealed himself. I believe so. The actor doesn't even need to be there really if he just does the voice, and the stunt guy can play the body. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Would people be surprised at the level of detail in the costume? I mean, you got all these really... fans making their own suits and going to these conventions and all these stuff. Is the quality of the real thing pretty impressive? Yeah, the quality is different. The fitting and the quality is is definitely different. Yeah, I, I've done a lot of uh, the convention for like just show uh, make an appearance for signing autographs and stuff. Sure. And a lot of people come and wear and they're like you say they're wearing their own costumes. So yeah, I mean you can tell that I mean, it's a different quality. Yeah, well it's Disney. and the fitting and stuff. The people are so amazing. They come in and they're just happy to see you and they're respectful. I'm supposed to go next month to London for a, for an event for four days for Star Wars. Same thing for Boba Fett. And um, I've done a few of them here in California. I've done some in Texas. And uh, the people are great, man. They just come and they're just excited. And to them, it's a huge thing. And I feel bad sometimes because I don't really know much about it. <laughs> and I almost, almost, almost avoid that conversation because I don't want to look like you know, a sellout or something like, you know, just don't say like live long and prosper or something like that. I mean, that's a, that's a star <laughs> Trek thing. You don't want to go there, you know? Oh, man. I, I got, I got yelled at a couple of times when, uh, when I was doing both because I kept saying at the beginning, star Trek and I'm like, no, it's not star Trek, dude. It's different. It's different. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, you, that's just offensive. You just don't even say that. Oh, yeah. Friend is like, no, it's not. It's the same. It's different. Oh, you Now, you also have some time working on Walking Dead. Where Did you go through the process of being turned into a zombie? Yeah, I've, I've done a bunch of episodes, actually, with uh, James and Jack, the coordinators, uh, great people. Uh, I've done some zombie stuff. Uh, I've doubled other actors on the show and I did some driving. We've done most, I've done most of the stuff on, when we were filming in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, some of them in Austin too. And then you also worked on captain America. Yes. <laughs> I would say, I think I, I actually, that, that toss, I actually broke my shoulders on it. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah. Have you been fortunate to keep anything from any of these shows? I mean, do you have a Boba Fett helmet or a glove or a shield from, mm-hmm. you know, Captain America or what, or any of that stuff? No, they will not give you any of that stuff. They're so protective. I couldn't even walk off the set with my helmet, the helmet in my hand. Really? Oh my goodness. So they're so protective of that stuff. They're afraid to end up on so, eBay or something, I guess. Huh? Probably not. They're not the, the, the original stuff they use in the set, you're not going to find it anywhere. No. Disney will keep it. No, they'll have no. it forever. What about Logan? They're not going to give it to me. You, you worked on that Wolverine movie, Logan. How, how much fun was that? Uh, I did the, the chase scene in, in New Mexico when uh, when we chased him in, in the limo. Oh, yeah. That was a good it was movie. It was hot and uh, dusty. <laughs> that little girl was phenomenal. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's the scene when he when he tried to, I think, to escape in the limo and to get chased by the trucks. I was one of the drivers in the trucks. Man, you you have done some incredible stuff. It has been so good to talk to you. Where can people keep up with you online? I, I guess you do Instagrams and Facebooks and all that kind of good stuff. Correct. Only Instagram and Facebook as as of now. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ed. Ed Elbitar, he is a stuntman from Star Wars and Transformers and everything that's near and dear to my heart. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week on Guatney Unplugged.